Welcome to this episode of the Left Behind Game Club. This week we play episode 3 of Telltale Games is the Wolf Among Us. Now this week, Jacob started to get a little creepy. Yo, you're creepy. No, like I, I just wanted to get the information out of her that I need. Don't go creepy. I'm Look, not Ichabod Crane. Uh, I'm don't, just, you oh goodness, don't you dare. Don't you dare. No, I'm not Ichabod Crane. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> don't put me in the same... Guys? What? So, you know what I realized? So the game is called The Wolf Among Us. Jacob, you are the wolf. You are the wolf. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to the Left Behind Game Club, our never-ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jacob McCourt, and today I have two friends with me, the first friend. You know him, you love him. I love him. Michael Ruffalo. I'm excited to talk about another great episode of a great game. To talk more about Wolf Among Us, episode three is Mo Mertati. Yep, yep. Another good episode. So just before we get into episode three of The Wolf Among Us, uh, named A Crooked Mile, uh, I just want to say that we've done two episodes of this already. Um, So if you want to follow along with this series, I probably recommend you start with the first episode, which is episode 47. Listen to episode 48. Those two cover episodes one and two of The Wolf Among Us season one. And then come back to this. It's going to be here when you you get to it. So just uh, start with those first. Gentlemen, give a quick recap of what we just noticed at the end of episode two. So at the end of episode two, we see uh, a murder scene with a lot of incriminating evidence for Ichabod Crane. And then the camera pans out and there's Ichabod Crane breaking the mirror mirror on the wall so uh, he cannot be tracked. And then he disappears. And so we're left knowing that we need to hunt down Ichabod Crane and without a very good way to, to track him down and hunt him. A murder, you say? I love you, Jake. I want you to never change. (laughs) That was not my intention at all, but go on. All right. So, Jacob, now that we know how the last episode ended, where do we pick up? So this picks up exactly where we left off. So you're on the murders. You're in the murder scene. You're there with Beauty and Beast. And that's when you leave to, uh, to contact Snow. And when you contact Snow, you find out that the funeral for Lily, who died in the past episode, is just about to start. The one thing you also you left out is, like, you're fuming. You're really upset because, like, you find out that uh, Crane was after Snow and he was doing some really unnice things to her. So you're kind of, like, really upset. You know that he might be hunting her or tracking her or something. So you're you're using all of your rage saying I gotta find her I gotta tell her what's going on and there's no real option to do anything besides that it's kind of like do you cuss up a storm do you move everyone out of the way that's kind of where we're we're headed and so you end up at the funeral and you, I think the first the first decision that you're kind of offered is am I gonna interrupt the funeral and be a big jerk or am I just going to let Snow continue her eulogy and look around the area of the funeral? Jacob, what did you do? You know what? I uh, I don't know if it's me turning a new leaf or, oh. or what, oh. but I decided... You know what it is? I have a soft spot for Snow. Okay. So I decided to let Snow 
Or, or maybe I have some human decency. So you're a big bag meanie until Snow's involved, and then you're a nice guy. I think so. Gotcha. I think so. But really, I think it was like, this is a funeral, guys. Like, I have my limits to how much of a big bad wolf I am. Gotcha. What did you do? Uh, I So my biggest concern was finding Snow to make sure I could protect her. For me, there was no difference between interrupting and just waiting because she was safe no matter what. Mo, what did you do? Almost the same thing, Mike. My biggest thing was when I had to go after her and I found out she was in danger from the hotel room. I said, I got there's I just have to find her. Once I saw her there, I'm like, okay, she's like in a safe place. And I really want them to have their moment for uh, Lily to kind of have her little funeral. And Holly was there and I kind of worked up that I even showed up. So I played it very nice. Um, let them have as much time as possible. I kind of just kept choosing the option to stay out of it and give uh, Holly as much like space and like accommodation as possible. And at the funeral, you know, you're let's say you're going through the different objects that are that are there. So you kind of see at the offering table, you see you know postcards that Lily's friends have left. Um, you see some whiskey that you know she might have liked to drink, and that's when people notice that you're there at the funeral. And that's when the confrontations start. And this is all before the title card. So, like, it's a, it's a very front-loaded episode. Um, what happens next from there? Um, this is when your interaction happens with Holly, when she's confronting you, saying, like, why are you here? What are you doing? And I don't know about you guys, but I completely gave up the firm, proper police officer act, and I just kind of... I, I gave her all the information she wanted when I, and she's wow. when they asked like why are you here I was like I, th- I know who the murderer is like straight out and then she's like, who is it and then she's like no you can't say this we should t- say it somewhere else and I was like I think Crane did it or something because I wanted to make sure Holly knew it because I, I was like what what's she's already suffered enough like she does need to know like I don't want to be that big bad wolf anymore oh. I said let's just open up the floodgates and give all the information away dude rookie mistake Rookie mistake. Really? So, Mister Mister Big Bad Cop, what did you do? Uh, give us the procedure. What's the, pr- the procedure to follow? Yo, you don't give an answer because you don't have. You're not. It's not confirmed that it's him. Top secret. You have a suspect. Okay. So, what did you? So say? I said I think I know who the killer is, but I can't say. Mm. That sounds like a. That sounds like a cop out. So yeah, I did cop out. Uh, but I gave the the right answer because, frankly, we are not positive it's Crane. No. Like I said in our last episode, there was a lot of incriminating evidence towards Crane, but it could very easily be a setup. Um, so I, I think that there's still enough ambiguity there. Um, definitely enough to know that I would want to make sure Snow's okay and that I want to find Crane and ask him some questions. I want to I want to chime in because I think I have to correct myself. So I, I don't think I said Crane did it. I think there was an option that says I think Crane was involved. So that's what I picked it. I didn't pick the option where it was like Crane did it. I just kind of brought him up to kind of at least give her some kind of information. And then I think I sided with Holly because like I said, like Crane's a prick. Like he's he's not a guy to be trusted. So I want to kind of like be in her friend group to try to maybe get more information. And later on, that was my detective mindset going in let's let's befriend this person who may be a key witness or contributor later on in the future i I hear what you're saying mo it's just i didn't think there was much value to uh to giving her the information you know you know my flow chart what do i have to gain from saying anything uh and i think mostly because you know she had no information to begin with 
um, she's coming to you for answers. There's not much that she can give. So in my mind, I have everything to lose and very little to gain from, from telling her stuff. Mm. Jacob, what did you do? Uh, there's a lot of hatred in my heart for Ichabod Crane. <laughs> I think in the hierarchy of who I hate, I, I drew a little graph here. Uh, I hate Crane the most, mm-hmm. um, followed by Toad because, oh, he's so annoying. How scientific cool. is this graph? Um, it's j- is it to scale? No, it's not to scale. What is the scale? Uh, the scale is, is uh, imagine like a little line. No, it's just a, it's a line chart. Uh-huh. And on the scale of like who I hate, it's like Crane at the top, uh-huh. Toad is after that, and then D and Dumb are after that. Gotcha. So you know what I said? I just walked right up and I just dropped the Ichabod Crane bomb. Rookie I was like, it was, move. it was Crane. It was Crane. Rookie move. It was Crane. You're unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but it really doesn't matter because of what happens next. What does happen next? D and Dumb show up with a shotgun because of oh, course right. those jerks do. Yeah. God, I hate them. Yeah, you really don't like him. Like huh? I said, Crane, Toad, D. I can't believe you don't like Toad more than you like D. He's got look at his face and his accent. He's like, I'm like better Toad than more. you. Wow, that's that's racist, <laughs> culturalist. No, it's not. He's just got an annoying little accent. His face is it because his face is green and not skin colored? Oh boy, you're just opening because he's not wearing a glamour. You're opening up a can of worms uh, that I'm sure I'm he'd not love. opening anything. I feel like you've already opened it. I've opened this can of worms can of that worms I'm sure I'm that sure Mr. the Toad, Toad will enjoy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Okay. My biggest concern with. Uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum showing up right behind me is they're standing right next to me and in my playthrough remember I kind of opened up the floodgates with the truth I never wanted to lie to anyone and especially in this episode so I felt like oh I'm building some pretty good rapport she's gonna trust me now and now I'm standing right next to the two bad guys like I'm just gonna throw all of this out the window now because they're gonna think I'm conspiring with these two because one of the things they try to tell you is like hey you need to forget about Ichabod Crane. Just go back to your like office, forget any of this happened, and we'll kind of walk away from here. And I don't know about you guys, but I did not agree to this situation. I kind of declined every which way I could. I, I kept asking, like, do you work for Crane, etc.? So you know what the, you know what the options are? What the, are options the options basically get to um, F off, don't do this here, or you work for Crane. And uh, of course, that's what I, I choose. You work for Crane? Uh, I picked F off. I it, said, don't do this here. Oh, no. You said, don't do this here? I said, don't do this here. Okay. I said, like, let's go somewhere else. And yeah. then you can try and shoot at me. And, you know, then I'll take you out. Yeah. And so you said, F off. I said, F off. Of I told him F off. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Productive. that's okay. when the people from the actual funeral come walking towards you. And that's when the actual confrontation. Yo, this goes from zero to 100 real quick. Yo, Gren's a big boy. Yeah, because they just transform. They start talking. But then when you realize that the confrontation is kind of amping up, that's when the glamours go, and that's when Holly and Gren get into the position they have to. My one-armed Gren. <laughs> oh, right, because you rip Gren's arm off. Yeah, so he's got one arm in this oh, whole game now. See, he's got two arms in my universe. What about yours, Mo? Um, he's got one arm, I believe. <laughs> no, 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 he's got two arms because I didn't break it like uh, Jacob. Um, yeah. One of the things here, though, is like when he's there, you're being confronted and they kind of all transform, I was getting so nervous still because I was holding on to my little point of view saying like, oh, I have all this rapport. And then they start talking about that there was a deal being made. And that's when they transform and say, what deal? And I kind of tell them they want me to stay silent about Ichabod Crane. And I'm like, yes, they're going to add, they're going to trust me even more. And that's when the pump shotguns kind of start going off. Um, I don't know about you guys, but how it happened for me is uh, Holly got shot first because she's the first one to charge. 
and then Gren got pumped too a couple times, and uh, that's when you kind of go a little crazy and start transforming. Jacob, what happened to you? Yeah, very similar. You start to go ham and you subdue you subdue the brothers, but that's like after Gren and Holly get shot. So imagine it's this zero to one hundred confrontation, and then like title card. Yep. That was like I'm like, ooh yeah, let's go. Yep. I- I thought yep. there was deaths, though, too. I thought Holly was done. That was it. And I thought Gren was done, too. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. T- telling them all this information like probably led to them <laughs> getting killed. I'm such a bad police officer. Why did I do this? And, yeah, so I was like, damn it. I must have ruined something. Like, they shouldn't have died kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I yeah. hear that. So you get shot in the shoulder. And after the title card, you're with Dr. Swinehart, who basically goes, like, you need to rest because you haven't slept. Yo, I thought Snow was going to die, so I haven't snapped, slept. But you have, like, parts of the shotgun shell inside of your, your arm still. The buckshot. Still. The buckshot in your arm, and the doctor's like, you need to rest. Um, and I think I just, again, was a complete um, dillweed to him. Uh, and that's when you learn that at the business office that Crane has smashed the magic mirror. Right. Mm-hmm. And and you see it from in the in the in the game previously, but this is the first time your characters recognize it, and you're like, okay. Well, we've got what's what's our little uh, flying monkey? What's his name? Buckwheat, <laughs> Buck Buckfast. No, keep try again. I don't know, Bucky. Bu- keep going. The Buck monkey. Buffkin. Buffkin. That's it. <laughs> what was the last one you said? <laughs> Buck monkey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mister Buck monkey. Go on. So Buffkin, uh, he's like, okay, well, like, you know, we're just gonna have to put the mirror back together. And Buffkin starts putting it together, and you realize, oh boy, there's one piece missing. And you're like, God damn! So one piece is missing. We can't put the mirror back together. It's going to take forever for it to heal itself. We won't be able to use it to find out where uh, our boy uh, Ichabod went. Creepy Crane. Creepy Crane. Mm-hmm. Creepy Crane. It's his rap name. Yeah, Creepy Crane in the house. Ichabod's what you, what his mom calls him. Um. <laughs> And so call me Ichabod, but only on Sundays. And and I believe this is a part where you get to have some amount of uh, investigation in the office. And I'm not sure we find anything that's too consequential. No, Mo. They it's just when you're talking with eventually when you're kind of looking for the missing piece, you start chatting with Buffkin and he talks about how uh, he was meaning to meet up with his witch at 2 a.m. And you're like, wait, hold up, hold on. What witch? Like, what, where is this information coming from? And I thought it was pretty funny. He's like, they're like, why did you leave this information out? And he's like, no one asked me. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So every, and then it's the same reaction that you guys are giving. Like, oh, my God, are you serious? Like, so you find out that Ichabod Crane was going to meet with a witch and he has plans to meet her at 2 a.m. And now you're trying to figure out what is this witch? Who is this witch? And where can we find her? Did you blame Buffkin, Butt Monkey, when uh, he doesn't do anything to intervene with Crane? Yeah, Jacob. So, so yeah, you're a dickhole to him for but sure. But like, my feelings towards Buffkin are very similar to my feelings towards Jar Jar Binks in the Star Star Wars universe. Get out of here, Mr. Krista. I'm Buffkin. Wow. I hate I hate Buffkin. Why? So like, I'm very mean to him. I'm just a mean, mean. He's wolf. just got a drinking problem. Got to have sympathy. <laughs> he's a flying monkey in this fable universe that has a drinking problem. Yeah, he's got a drinking problem. He's got problems. He's got real problems. Like Jar Jar. Go on, Mo. Mo, what did you do? Save me from Jar Jar. Um, I didn't. I think I missed the actual cue to click something, which I found. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about you guys. So you guys are playing on like the console with the controllers in your hands at all times. But, like, on mouse and keyboard, like, especially in this game, because a lot of it is just, like, clicking or, like, pressing a keyboard button, 
I'm kind of just like watching the theatrical movie itself happen and like every once in a while I'll click and click. But if I'm not paying attention to it, I, I've missed like one or two interactions. I think this was one of them. Yeah, sometimes I actually walk around my room, my gaming room, with the controller in one hand, just with like the buttons ready to go. And I'm I'm not watching like 100% of the time. Like I'm watching like maybe 90% of the time, just like walking around the room, kind of casually playing the game. Because there's two modes in this game, right? The walk around part and the story part. And the story part, you can just take a leisurely stroll, right? Right, exactly. So uh, I, it's very clear what I did. I consoled him. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's not your fault. You're like a two and a half foot monkey. <laughs> There's no way that you're going to be able to take down the fearsome Ichabod Crane. Butt monkey. Yeah. Butt monkey. Mr. Buck monkey. Buck monkey. <laughs> um, so what happens after you're done investigating the office? So, you know, in the office, you find some letters which basically show that Ichabod Crane is incompetent. You find the 207 key, which is which to me, like I was like, oh, the 207 key is here. This makes sense. Right. But now I'm like, maybe it was actually planted. Maybe it was planted all along. And maybe that's when you discover a book with a torn page that shares information about a magical item, a magical ring that we'll find out more about later. I don't know if we want to talk about it right now. And our favorite little monkey just can't remember what was on that page. Because he's incompetent and he he's needs to stop drinking. Look, he can't know everything. He well, has an important job. Do you think he can job. know everything? Um... I th- yeah, I think he's just hammered and always just not paying attention. I give him the pass. I don't think he's that big of a contributor to the real story. I think the ring part was pretty big. The fa- and the placing of the room 209, 207 key, that one specifically, I felt, okay, maybe he is being kind of framed. Yo, what if Buffkin is framing Ichabod Crane? Yo. Yo. He would be able to hide stuff in the office. He would know where everyone is. He would very easily be able to break that mirror. He's got an alibi of just having the the uh, just the reputation liquor. of being incompetent and a drunk. Mm-hmm. There are Yo. very few people who would point fingers at Buffkin the little monkey. This is like a usual suspects kind of thing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. He is Kaiser Sose. He is Kaiser Sose. Whoa. Yeah. L- listen, listen, Buffkin is this universe's Dewey Decimal System. He has a very important job. And he needs to make sure that he shows up to work in a competent state and can be our Dewey Decimal. Right. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Hey, I can't For argue now. with you there. Having For fun now. isn't hard when you have a library card. <laughs> Word. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we get out of the business office and we go where? So before you even come out of the business office, this is when Bluebeard storms in. And he's like, what's going on? Like, what are we doing here? And you're kind of put in a position where do you follow, like, where he what he wants to do or do you follow what Snow White wants to do? So he's telling you he's definitely hiding up in his, like, uh, apartment complex. So he's going to – so Bluebeard's saying, I'm going to go up there and, like, find him or look up what's going on in there. Snow White is kind of confused thinking, like, I don't know why he wants to go up there so bad. I think he's going to be looking for something. Something doesn't smell right here. Meanwhile, the other options are to go to the Tweedledee, Tweedledum offices. And I believe the third option is to go back to the bar to investigate Lily's stuff to see if there's any clues as to who the witch is, what the witch is doing. And it's a little bit of an argument. So the big decision that kind of leads up is with, oh, sorry, with this information, uh, Bluebeard also tells you that whatever you don't do, he's going to do. 
So you get the three options. Do you go to Dee's office? Do you go to Crane's apartment? Or do you go to Holly's bar to look for Lily's things? Jacob, what did you do? Well, I just want to point out stylistically, like this is a very cool way to do it because you walk up to like a big glass window in the business office and all of a sudden out of nowhere, like your three options kind of come up on screen in a way that I've not seen in a Telltale game before. It was like three panels in a comic book. Yeah. It fit the aesthetic perfectly. And like you said, you're given those three options, you know, to to do in whatever order you want, but you have that 2 a.m. meeting that you have to make it to. So um, I just want to point out one thing. Um, I think the voice performances of Bluebeard are great. It's Dave Fenoy, who's in other Telltale games. He plays Lee in The Walking Dead. Um, he also plays uh, characters in the Guardians of the Galaxy game, and he also plays uh, Lucius Fox in the Telltale, the Batman series. So what oh did you decide, Jacob? So um, what I started with first was D's apartment first. Same here. Mo, what would you do? Sorry, oh, wait, D's, D's office? A, or D's office? D's, D's office, yes. Yeah, D, D's Dumb office. in D's office. Uh, I went to Crane's apartment right away because of the fact that he was very insistent that he wanted to go up there. And I kind of like got that vibe that maybe he is looking for something. So I chose to go to Crane's apartment first. Uh, So you were trying to prevent him from taking or contaminating evidence. I I didn't want him to go to the place he wanted to go if he really did want to go there and had some malicious ideas. Yeah, you thought he was playing like four dimensional chess with you and trying to trick you into not wanting to go there. I thought it was the the, the one uh, kind of yeah yeah. It made no sense for him to be in that room up in the same building that he was trying to escape from. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "There's yeah. no way he's there," and I want to go to the place where I stand the best chance of finding him or finding information on him. So I I got I went out of there. I went that, to the Tweedledee and Tweedledum's office. That was my exact thought as well. Is let's cool. go where the with the hottest lead is. Mm-hmm. So should we talk about our, the hottest lead? Well, since you and I, Jacob, have the the most. I think in common. I want to find out first what Mo finds up in Ichabod Crane's place. Okay. Yeah. So um, I went up there, not expecting to find anything, but uh, you go up to the apartment and you see that the doors already open. So you're like, "Oh, someone's either been here or something's going on." You walk in, you investigate throughout the the apartment, uh, navigating through. You realize that uh, his bedroom is locked, so you look around his like kind of desk space area you find a key end up opening it and jumping out of the window with a bag in his hand is actually jack the jack and jill no way uh, stock yeah so he's climbing out of the window and your options i believe were like grab him tell him to stop or like say hey or something like that so for me i'm like he's not getting away i grab him right away and you kind of start talking with him and he's being very evasive saying like uh Oh, I just uh, watered the plants for Crane in the middle of the night. and Yeah, sure. Yeah, Bigby is like, there's no plants here. Like, what are you watering? <laughs> so I think I punch him in the gut next because I'm like, I need answers. Like, kind of like right now kind of situation. And he's about to run away. And I didn't know what his deal was. Wait, so Jack and if it's Jack and Jill, doesn't he run up the hill to get some water? I don't know. Watering the plants seems very plausible then. <laughs> so maybe it is. It's a little too perfect. Mm-hmm. You know me, I like to tie things up with a nice, beautiful bow. A nice little bow. Is the Crooked Man brought up at all? I don't remember the Crooked Man being brought up because I didn't remember him until the very end of this episode. Okay, so sh- should we then talk about our experience going yeah. to um, D and Dumb's office? Yeah, so, you know, you get to Tweedledee and Tweedledum's office and you find 
Scooter? What's his real name? <laughs> He's a scooter to me. Flycatcher. Flycatcher, that's it. With his it. stupid hat. With a dumb hat. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a janitor scooter? at the place. He's, look, he looks like a scooter, okay? He looks like a guy you'd call Scooter or Skip. Or Skeeter. Skeeter. Yeah. Even a Skeeter. Yeah. Uh, hey, and dog. so you, um, you start talking with him, and you don't give him too much information. And he talks about how much he really likes Tweedledee and Tweedledum, and how they're good guys just trying to help people out. And you get more and more out of him. Uh, and then you finally have to break it to him that, like, dude, these guys are, are not good people. They're, they're you know, harming you. They're, they're harming everyone around you. You need to help me. And he's like, oh, wow, really? Um, but Bigby, they give, they give people money all the time. They have to be good guys, right? <laughs> right. They have to be just, just the best guys. Oh, Scooter. Oh, Skip. Oh, Skeeter. <laughs> uh, oh, little flycatcher. So um, you end up. I think kind of soft promising him, uh, at least I did, that he would have a job at the business office or at the apartments, one of the two places, mm-hmm. um, when this is all over and he doesn't work for them anymore because he's like, oh, I don't want to work for bad people. Um, and you get some information. What what information do you get? I think it's it's mostly related to, like, you, you start to look through records. And what's cool about this whole sequence is depending on how you do things, um, you get the most information out of the first act. Uh, the second act gives you a little bit, and then whatever you pick third gives you the least amount of information. So you actually have the opportunity to, to look through their whole office. So you see some memos that they've typed out to each other about like wanting a dog. I love how short these memos are. Yes, they're like, dumb, I would like a dog. Sincerely yours, D. <laughs> yeah. Just like the the dumbest stuff. Um, I actually offered Flycatcher a job because I hate D and Dumb so right. much, which yes. was surprising. But you start looking through their stuff, and you you come upon a key. And that key, you know, after you pry with Flycatcher a little bit, allows you to access a secret passage uh, into kind of a, a lower area in uh, in their office where they hide all the good stuff. And what what is the good stuff? It's mostly just records about who owes who money. Right. Um, so there are a lot of files, and you, you give, are given the opportunity to look through, like, I think the A to C files. Right. So obviously Crane is in there. Uh, Cinderella's file is in there, which I guess she's just on a vacation. That's the whole thing. Um, but you kind of start to put together the um, the picture that a lot of people owe the Crooked Man money. There's a lot of string on the wall that's now being tied together. Mm-hmm. And so we find out Ichabod Crane owes quite a bit of money. Uh, and he's been, I think, playing a shell game with the funds of the uh, the Fable Town to try and keep this debt going. I just sorry, I just remembered what I got from Jack. So while you're kind of talking to him and chatting him up, he offers to help you out, and he tells you about someone named Auntie Greenleaf, and that's the witch yes. that you were looking for. So that's the information he drops on me before I kind of continue on. Sorry about that. I just, I just remembered. No, no, it's good to add. And so uh, we find out all these people owe debts. Do we find anything else before we go and meet up? No, I don't think so. And I think the way it goes, because Mo, I think what you did next is you went to see D and Dumb's office next, right? I did not go there at all. Okay, so I went to, straight to the bar. Was my second option. Okay, so our second option, I'll just quickly go through it. Um, is we actually went to the same place you went first. So we went to Crane's apartment. We go there and we find out Bluebeard, Bluebeard has burned everything. I did not go. There. Oh, you did not do no. that. Okay, so. I don't know how it differs, but my second choice was going to Crane's apartment, and that's where you find out Bluebeard has burned everything. So he's burnt, just burned the entire apartment to the ground? No. So in the fireplace is 
anything that could be used as evidence is just in the fire. The fire's out, and it's all been burned. How do you know it's Bluebeard? What? I, I believe he says Bluebeard has been here already. Oh, oh, I know why. Because remember he said he's going to go to the thing you don't go to. So, yeah. So because I went there, he didn't burn it down. So because you went somewhere else first, he went there first because that's where he wanted to go. But why is he burning evidence? He's supposed we, to be on my yeah, side. Yeah, I don't understand that at all. Tune so, into episode four to find out. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, what? Where did you guys go second? I went to the you, pub. You said went you to went the, to Trip Trap, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what happened at Trip Trap when you went? Who was there? So when you get there, you're greeted by a very friendly and accommodating Gren, who, as you remember, was just shot in the chest and the face with those shotguns. Come to find out, he's taking some medication to like help him with the pain, and he's very kind of <laughs> not himself because he's being kind for once to Bigby. And so he's buffkinning for there. sure. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's high as a kite. He's high as a kite. Mo, what happens after you have a little chat with Gren? Uh, he, start, he starts offering you a drink, and the woodsman keeps telling him, man, stop drinking, stop drinking. And I decided to take a drink with Gren because I said, what is he? He's a titan. He's a monster. He's going to be fine. Like He doesn't have these uh, weaknesses that us humans have with medication and alcoholic beverages. So you kind of have a drink with him, and some information comes out. Turns out that the woodsman has actually been sleeping with Lily and paying her to sleep with her um, without Holly knowing. And he didn't tell Holly kind of like behind her back. Um, so this is kind of changes the dynamic of why he was being so nervous and like worried when you mentioned that Holly was dead. It's because he seemed to have like a very intimate relationship with her. Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry. That's my mouth. Like in this episode, there there was a lot, but in that instance, I'm like, oh snap, really? Because I, I like that's not something you were expecting. Like it's one of those yeah. like secondary storylines, and I'm just like oh, the woodsman. Who's that? I, I kind of forget. This is the least shocking thing that I've found in this whole game. Really? Yeah. I look like he was sleeping with someone that looked like Snow White, mm-hmm. Faith. Um. Also, you know he deals with sex workers right uh also this there's a bunch of story about murder in this so like this is not super surprising and like out of left field for a story where there where there's much worse that's happening right i I just didn't think they were gonna go there right you know what i mean like it's it's not it's like the seventh or 17th story down right like oh that's the thread we're gonna go to yeah gotcha yeah i think i think they just like tied up the loose end that we kind of had with him like we didn't know if he was part of it why he wasn't he acted really strange we brought it up to him originally now like the like it comes out and you kind of see where his mind's at and starts he's not so mysterious anymore you kind of know where he was coming from um with that little awkward interaction um, after that, though, this is when you kind of are told that um, Holly is asleep in the back and you don't know where uh, Lily's stuff is, but she might know where it is. So you stumble in and you find Holly passed out from the drugs because she was also shot several times. And you kind of have a weird interaction where she's half awake and asks you if you're the woodsman or whatever. She's like, oh, like Woody, is that you? I don't know about you guys, but I said, yep, it's me. Keep talking. <laughs> What about you, Jake? Yeah, I kind of just let her talk to yep. see if I could get information out of her. Yep, uh, I did. I said no, it's not the woodsman, and then I just let her continue to to keep oh, talking. Okay, well, for me, like when she, when she thought I was the woodsman, she kept talking. She asked like if she, if the woodsman, my, aka myself, thought that Bigby was a good guy, and like if he actually cares. And I think I ended up telling him, he was like, yeah, he just wants to do what's right. And she's like, oh, really? 
well, okay, I'll take your word for it. And I'm like, yes, finally, they're going to believe that I'm the good guy. Like, they're not going to keep, like, hating me. With that being said, eventually she rolls over and you pull out a little, like, item box with the trinkets that I'm assuming were with uh, Lily when she passed. And this is what you're coming after to try to see if there's any more leads. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a photo in there. And there's also a glamour capsule again, like in there. Um, I want to bring up one thing right away that I noticed at the time. I didn't know if it meant anything, but I it, was, it seemed like in the photo there was a huge emphasis on they all had the same necklace. Um, I don't know if you guys caught that or anything, but they all had the same ribbon necklace on. What there. do you mean they? The, so there's a photo of. Um, I'm gonna mess up the names. The girls at it's, the at the club at the strip yes. club. Yeah. So they they. They were all wearing that. Um, Faith had one, right? Early on in the game, Faith kind of points at it to let you know, like, hey, you should recognize this. Uh, and then you notice it, I think, on all of the girls at the strip club. Yeah, they all had it, like, on there or whatever. So I'm like, okay, maybe it's, like, a friendship bracelet or maybe they're connected somehow. <laughs> um, I, I didn't know what the actual cause was it, but I, I know, that's the first thing that kind of jumped out at me. It's a friendship bracelet <laughs> saying t- their, their pimp, their pimp should, you know, it's a, it's a pimp friendship bracelet. Oh, I just kind of realized the significance of it being around their neck. Yeah. Oh, like a noose? Well, yeah. Kind of and like it keeps them like closing. Yeah. Keeps oh. them quiet. Yeah. On their vocal cords. Yeah, oh, snap. Okay. I'm there now. Right. I got there. Yeah, so I, I just saw that. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if there's like, but I didn't think much of it at all. I just said, oh, okay, this is kind of like a memory thing because there's also the the necklace around the first head you saw of uh, Faith earlier on. I and think was, it was there in her mouth. was there anything on the ribbon or in the box next to it? Because I know that on Faith's uh, there was the ring that Prince Lawrence gave her. So it might be that like the thing that's tied to it is. The thing that they love the most, the, the thing that's holding oh, the promise together. So, yeah, with that, you also get to like pick up the the book that's in there as well, and it has a bunch of addresses. It seems like an address book that Lily had, and um, I think that's when you kind of are looking through it, and all the names are in acronyms, and Bigby puts together, in my playthrough at least, because he was told that it was Auntie Greenleaf that was the witch. So he found the acronym AG and found an address there. And at this point, I think this is when you, the phone starts ringing at the bar. You pick it up and it's Snow saying like, hey, like, did you find anything? What's going on? And you're like, yes, I found her address. It's Auntie Greenleaf. She's at so-and-so-and-so. Let's go there right now. Yep. Same thing happened in mine. Jacob? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the same thing happened in mine as well. Okay. So okay. we move on to, to go to the apartment with Auntie Greenleaf. Mo, you want to yeah. take from here? For sure. So once you get there, you get to this apartment and you, open, you knock on. For me, I, you, get, you have the option to open the door, kick the door down, knock or whatever. So I knocked because I feel like I don't know who this is. This could be something nice, blah, blah, blah. So I want to be the good officer, knock first because I don't know what's in here. I just know it might be a lead. Opens the door. It's a little girl saying like, hi, like, who are you? I don't know about you guys, but I was like, this is definitely someone bad. I don't know who it is. I don't know what this kid's doing. I played it totally safe, but very, like, skeptical. Yeah, for those of you who have played Bioshock, I got, like, a big Bioshock Little Sisters vibe in that, like, you know, playing the Big Back Wolf, I wanted to extract her Adam and just take her Adam from her. Yo, you're creepy. 
No, like I, I just wanted to get the information out of her that I need. Don't go creepy. I'm Look, not Ichabod Crane. Uh, Don't just, you dare. Goodness. Don't you dare. Creepy McCourt. Uh, no, I'm not Ichabod Crane. Stop it. Stop. <laughs> Don't put me in the same. Guys? What? So you know what I realized? So the game is called The Wolf Among Us. Jacob, you are the wolf. You among are the us. wolf among us. Stop you it, guys! This creep. is going on the internet. Don't put me in the same school as Ichabod Crane. He's okay. a creep. I mean, okay, I take it back. But I'm just saying, like, the whole little sister relationship in Bioshock is creepy to begin with. So I didn't, you know. Maybe we'll explore that when we play Bioshock well, someday. Well, I'm the big bad wolf, so I kicked the door down. Uh, and there was you this found child. a little girl inside. Yep, and she feared me. Yeah, I um, wonder why. <laughs> I wonder why. And you begin to have this conversation with this little girl. You ask her a bunch of questions. Uh, I believe you look around the apartment and you see this giant tree in the apartment. Um, you find a box on the floor and it's, you know, addressed to the butcher. And then, you know, Rachel, um, who you find out that's the name of the girl, uh, you know, you you see on the table, you know, after Rachel says, I want to go to bed. You see a glamour tube on the actual table with a bunch of tools around it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's when you start to go. Wait, this isn't this isn't what this seems here, Mo. Yeah, and like before that, you're investigating the entire room and nothing's kind of happening. It's very, very like not, there's nothing here. Ichabod Crane's not here. But once you touch that, she starts getting a little bit more vibrant and like excited saying like don't touch that mom will be so angry at me like and she seemed like a genuinely concerned child like terrified that she might get in trouble or attacked or something and it gets to the point where i think jacob you're leading to when you open up the glamour vial and dun, da, 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 anti-greenleaf green goes from a small child and appears before you as an old lady and she is pissed yeah. She is beast. She's like, you touch my stuff. Yeah. She's, she's like really Sheldon upset. Cooper when you sit in their chair. I don't know. I don't I don't Big follow. Bang Theory? Oh, I hate that show. <laughs> um, so anyways, you see that there's this magical tree there. And she's like, do not break my tree. Do not screw with it. That's, that's how I make my money. That's how I make my living. And you realize that Auntie Greenleaf has been making these off-market uh, glamours out of this magic tree... Uh, on the sly, on the low, at a discounted rate. And she is the main supplier of uh, our one Mr. Ichabod Crane. Yeah, she brings up the point that, like, she's the reason why, like, people can afford it is because she's able to provide it to them. But the reason why we even bring up the, the, that tree as well is uh, Snow and Bigby start questioning her, and she's not budging. Like, there's no, like, influencing her. She's flat out saying, I have nothing to tell you. I'm not going to tell you. There's way bigger players at play here that frighten me more than you. Like, there's nothing you can do to change my mind kind of thing. And that's when kind of Snow gets frustrated and says, okay, we're taking that tree down. We're going to burn it on fire. And that's kind of where you kind of get the first actual, like, sense of fear from her. And that's when she brings up, like, don't do that. That's all I need. What would you do, Mo? I didn't burn the tree. I let her I let her kind of like keep it but I went I didn't go the direct like go with snow I kind of went the it was like a very the easiest way to kind of still please snow but also not burn the tree down I can't remember the actual tasks Jacob what did you do well I felt conflicted because you know she she's obviously really she defends the tree and she's like this is from the old world it's one of the last artifacts we have of the old world please don't destroy it this is my livelihood whatever but I'm the big bad wolf so I burned her tree down damn it Jacob burn 
burn it down. So I I defied snow. I did not burn it down. I also made it clear you're not my boss. Uh, We are equals, if anything. Um, And yeah, I, I just thought like, hey, we could use this. There's no reason to burn this down. I've got some leverage over this witch. Um, who knows? We might be able to make use of this later. You never know when you need to do undercover work is what I'm saying. Okay. And I was just thinking like, I'm a, I'm a law-abiding big bad wolf, so like, let's burn this tree down. Right. And that's, that's what leads to like the final sequence of the game, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have to go back to the pudding and pie, correct? Yeah, and before you go to the pudding and pie though... You, I got information from the witch t- talking about the ring because she says, okay, I gave um, Crane the ring that's supposed to make people tell the truth no matter what, kind of like the that little whiplash thing that Wonder Woman has, the lasso of truth or whatever. So he, she's, But she's also telling Bigby that this ring won't work. Like it's lost its powers like decades ago, but Crane doesn't know that. So you, you find out that Crane is going to be going to like approach some of these like dancers to get information out of them and you don't know really what he's doing but he's he's saying that it might clear his name so you kind of get that hint that oh maybe crane maybe he didn't do it because like he's looking for the truth no one would really follow that plan of action if they were in like if they were guilty kind of thing yeah it it seems like he's trying to absolve himself of all the, the crimes that he's been accused of so you cut to the pudding and pie you confront your man Georgie again, who's you know with the help of of Hansel, is cleaning up his club, uh, and that's when you're kind of given a, a series of options when you see Crane, um, which for me it was punch um, punch Georgie, slap Crane and leave a left handprint mark on his face, and then I broke his nose. Gentlemen, uh, what did you do when you saw Ichabod Crane? Um. When I initially saw him, I like so after you get past Georgie and you see Ichabod Crane like on top of the girl, like telling her to tell the truth or whatever, and she's not doing it. I grabbed him right away, and I told him like how like much like crap he's in right now, blah blah blah. And I think at the very end, I did punch him in the face because I was like he deserved it no matter what because like the shadiness and his obsessiveness over snow. But I also like didn't convict him right then and there because you, you can just tell that of his body language and the way he's acting that he's definitely not the big player here, but he is a part of it. So I did crack him right in the face. Yeah, after. you can even tell like as he goes, like he's trying to use the, the, the ring of truth where he's like trying to use it so that he can get someone to abdicate him and say like, hey, I'm not guilty. Please prove that I'm not guilty. But the big bad wolf waits for no one. So Crane gets his nose broken. Mike, what happened? Um, For me, I think it was very clear that, you know, he was trying to prove his innocence. So... One, it felt like my theory was, you know, was true that that he was being framed. Uh, And then the, yeah, I don't think I actually broke his nose. I think I was like, no, similar to previous when the woodsman was, um, was like just begging you. He was like, no, honestly, I wouldn't do this. This is crazy. I'm being, you know, this is is bigger than me. Mm -hmm. Um, It made me realize like no, no guilty person would be trying to do this. Yeah. The sequence where you get the option to actually punch his nose. Um, so when I did go to the the Crane's apartment earlier on, there was an envelope in there that had some money in it, and it looked like Crane was taking money from the citizens, like 
in like a very sneaky way and that's something I, I ended up confronting him with in this sequence and he ends up being proud and saying like oh I don't regret anything I've done I did this to make the city run I'll take money from people if I want like you know how much things I've sacrificed while he's rambling all this stuff about how great he is that's when I got the option to punch him in the face I was like wow he's not remorseful he doesn't care he loves taking the money from the people and that was my justification to crack him right there because I knew it was going to take him under arrest but at least I can give him some early uh, punishment right away so after that this is when you arrest him and you start walking him outside of the bar to kind of bring him to the court office or whatever the sequence is and as you're exiting the alleyway where the entrance was you get stopped by a car yeah and I thought the episode was going to be done because like not every episode you know is going to end on a cliffhanger so I'm like oh we're going to walk him out and then this yeah. is going to be the end of the game but as you said Mo car pulls up you walk to the other side of the alley because you're like, oh, this must be a mistake, whatever. And that's when two limousines pull up. And that's, I think, the coolest part of this whole episode is this confrontation that you're about to have. So, yeah, and, and I, I also was, while I was walking out, Jacob, same way as you, I thought this was going to be a very boring finish to an episode because nothing really happened. Sorry, Mike, were you saying something? No, I was just going to say walk us through what happens. Oh, okay. So you're as as Jacob said, the limousines pull up, and um, Tweedledee and Tweedledum jump out of the car. But so does another new character, um, a short-haired lady who has a revolver. As she's putting a weapon in it, or sorry, a round. She puts one round into the revolver. And in my head, initially, I'm like, it's definitely a silver bullet. Yeah, definitely buddy. a silver bullet. There's no yep. way it's not. And she introduces herself as Mary. Jacob, what's the lore behind mary well i was actually going to ask you guys the question because beyond like bloody mary um which is a a drink that involves (laughs) tomato juice i think yeah i don't know i don't know who bloody mary is like i know nothing about bloody mary i think okay this is this is just off the top of my head from what i've learned over the years it's that one like that i don't know if it's a fairy tale or if it's like folklore whatever it is where you kind of go into your bathroom, you close the lights, and you say, like, Bloody Mary three times, and then you turn on the lights, and she appears and kills you. Right. That, Same that's thing the, with the red rum, red rum, red rum. Yeah, so that, that was the whole thing. She's the one that shows up and, like, murders you if you say her name. And she even mentions it in her little blurb saying, like, uh, all these kids, like, think it's a game, and then I show up, and it's definitely not a game anymore. And she's just, like, a very slick... Like, looks like a gangster. And she's definitely the, probably the most confident character you see in this Absolutely. game. Like, she owns this situation, and she knows she's in no danger, even though the big bad wolf is right in front of her. Yeah. And yeah, she's, she's like, give... She's badass. Yeah. yeah. And she's you know, like, going back to your point, though, Jacob, I don't I don't know a real story behind Bloody Mary other than it is exactly what Mo said of, like, teenage kids or preteens, <laughs> you know, in the bathroom saying it in the mirror three times and, you know doing it at a sleepover or something yeah i tried to google bloody mary what we were talking to kind of know what we were talking about and i all it comes up is the drink it's a cocktail containing vodka tomato juice and a combination of other spices and flavorings Mm. so she's kind of telling you like we want crane like give us give him give him to us right now and my sequence was i told her like he's in custody he belongs to us like we're not going to give him to you like who are you same here mo i did the same thing this this is another situation where i thought this game was like already over so i wasn't expecting any more interactions because like timing wise it was about an hour already and my hand was like kind of just watching the show and sure (laughs) enough 
a gun is pointed at you and it's like press W, press W on the keyboard. So me, I'm like, oh my God, but I didn't click it fast enough. So I get shot right in the chest and Oof. fly like back. And I'm like, oh, I press escape right away to see if I can start from the last checkpoint <laughs> to see if I can go back to like where I was. But did no, you? you can't. Oh no. boy. So I got shot and then you get the sequence of transformation. So you start approaching Tweedledee and Tweedledum and as you approach, your eyes start turning yellow. And then you kind of slide away from a gunshot and you slide forward again. And then, like, you start getting bigger and stronger. And I think this was the most transformed you ended up being as you're taking shot after shot after shot from Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And you start unloading your claws of fury on all of them. And there's the option. Do you kill Tweedledee or do you not kill kill Tweedledee as you pin him against the wall? Is it D or Dumb? Eh, they're interchangeable. Yeah, they're they're interchangeable. Yeah, Jacob, yeah. what what happened here for you? Um, Did you get shot? Do you, so I got shot a whole bunch of times, okay. like yeah, a same. thousand times, and as most stated, kind of transformed. And that's when you're given the option, like, are you gonna kill dumb or not? And like, obviously, I told you about my hierarchy of hate, as I'm calling right. it in this game. Um, dumb go get it. So I killed dumb. Wolf I didn't hesitate. Get it, to you. it two seconds dead. Just Mike, a, what did you do? Uh, I did not kill him because I am a big bad wolf that uses his powers responsibly. Uh, Tweedledee slash Tweedledum was, they were not an ongoing threat. They clearly knew their place from here on out. Um, and I, I felt like there was nothing to be gained from killing them. Mo? Here's my logic. Oh boy. Oh boy. Go to the dark side, Mo. Don't do well, it. No, so, so there, there's a, there's a couple things to it. The one biggest thing I really hate these two characters. Like I, they just have like a look to them. Like they're like always conniving and wanting to do the wrong thing, like against people. They look like human like thumbs. Yeah. Th- th- another thing too is uh, they already pointed weapons at bystanders and shot them, aka uh, Holly and Gren, who were just like, "What the heck's going on?" And they already had guns yes. at your back several times before. They're twisting the rules, breaking the law for their own will or maybe their master's will. Yes. So I was like, you know what? They're only good together, so let's get rid of one of them. So I definitely took them down. You make you make a compelling case. I still would not feel good about killing them, but I understand where you're coming from. With that oh, said, God. as soon as I... Because it's a gruesome. What you do is you end up clawing the Tweedledee's like, throat out of his like body kind of thing. So you just take a giant chunk out of him and he just falls and dies and they pan to Snow White and she's horrified. She can't believe what you did. In that moment, I'm like, uh-oh, what did I do? I, I got, the wolf got oh, the best Oh, instant regret. Yeah. Instant, instant. It, it was such a cool moment because imagine Dumb is pinned to the wall yeah. and he's just like, F you, wolf. And you're just given the option, do you just kill him or you let him go? And you just grab it, his throat. It's so brutal. He, like, claws his whole Adam's apple area out and just leaves him for dead. Wow. My, my bloodlust is showing right now. Mo, yeah. welcome to the dark side. No, no, no. I felt bad. I want to leave. <laughs> I want to be a Jedi. I want to be a worry. Jedi. Don't worry. You can come back to the light, Mo. You can come back to the light. <laughs> Let we're, the dark side take you over. No. Yeah, don't is, do is it. Is that Darth Vader? <laughs> I don't know who that is. Yeah, so this is the kind of where we get to the closing sequence. So once you kill him, you end up, you, right as soon as I killed him, you get shot with that silver bullet right into your side. And instantly, Bigby's finally, like, hurt. It's not just, like, a 
like a, it's not a discomfort flesh wound. shot. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely something that's hurting him because he drops to the ground. And this is when Bloody Mary takes out an axe and is kind of walking towards him to kind of deal that final blow. And you just can't really... I think it gives you the option to button mash to kind of get up. I thought maybe I was going to be able to counter it, but no, 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 no. There's nothing you can do. And, and Snow White ends up screaming, like, take Crane, like, leave him alone kind of situation. And this is when that window starts rolling down on the limousine. And you see a small little peek of a new character. All you see is his hand and it's kind of like the side of his face. And he tells her, waves her down and says, you come back, like come back to the car. Meaning they can take Crane and they can leave and that he doesn't want her to kill um, uh, Big He doesn't B. want to kill Bigby. Yeah, yeah Big clearly B's. it's someone who kind of values the status quo of things. Mm-hmm. Does not want yeah. to shake things up too much because mm-hmm. currently profiting from them. And he's definitely that crooked man that we kept, that was brought <laughs> yes. up several times in the game. He's the head boss. He's the leader. Because remember, Mary was so confident, so in charge of the situation, that a simple wave of like a hand telling her to stop stopped her in her tracks, and she completely changed her mind and came back to the car. So whoever he is, he's definitely calling the shots. I don't think anyone's above him. Was that Woody's axe that Mary had? I yes. think so, yeah. I think it was. Woody being Just because the of the symbol. Yeah. 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 And with that axe as her kind of final blow to say, like, I'm in control here, she just breaks your arm. Yeah. And, like, in a brutal, just, like, bone jutting out of your arm kind of way, Mo. Yeah, that was probably the the most gruesome thing. I, I At least I felt. Like, even the murder of, like, dumb Tweedledee or whatever, ripping his throat out, that was bad. But this broken bone thing with your bone sticking out of your arm and your arm twisted that was probably the nastiest because maybe it was like the most relatable like realistic thing that could happen yeah i i puked and i i think the last the the most the truth bomb at the end of this is mary says that crane isn't the killer so the real killer is still out there and that's that's how the episode is left yep Narissa sees the whole thing as well, which I'm sure will happen, like, mm-hmm. stuff will happen there. Uh, the Little Mermaid, Narissa, mm-hmm. um, but that's, that's kind of how the episode is left. Boys, I can't wait for the next one. Holy smokes, what an ending. Best ending, ending so far. We're getting close. Yeah. Getting very close to the end of this. Um, yeah, two more episodes. Two more episodes to go. If you want to tune into that, we're dropping episode four next week, followed by episode five. It's Wolf Vember, boys. Yeah, there we go. Uh... If you want to talk about Wolfember, we have a spoilers discussion section in our Discord, right, Michael? Right. So if you go to leftbehindgame.club or leftbehindgameclub.com, there's a big fat button to join our Discord server. And in there, we have a spoilers discussion around the game. We have general discussion. We have optopic discussion. And we have some really big fat game deals going on. People are always dropping them in there, tempting us to spend money. Um and yeah, you can find me, you can find Jacob, you can find Mo. We're all in there hanging out, joining in the chat. Uh, Mo, outside of the Discord server, where can the people find you at? You can find me at emmertoddy on most social media platforms or emmertoddy.com. Jacob, where can the people find you at? You can find me at Jacob McCourt, um, being evil, um, you know. Expressing your big bad wolf. Being the big bad wolf or at jacobmccourt.com. I'm a little bit nicer there. Gotcha. Mike, where can the people find you? You can find me at michaelrufalo.com, michaelrufalo.ca, uh, both of those. Um, or Rufalo, I'm on most social places online. But the place to find me should be the Discord server. So yeah, hop in, say hi. Let's hang out and chat. And that, my friends, is one last episode left behind. Bye.